Spirit Radio Podcasts. What do you think of when you think of community at the moment? And what do you think of when you think of what your community is like towards you when they know you're a Christian, that your faith is important to you? I did a radio interview very earlier earlier on this morning on this station. And the presenter asked me, um, you know, if you're at a dinner party, Wendy, and people know like that you go to Mass on Sunday, they look at you like you're weird. Is Ireland becoming an increasingly hostile place for those who call themselves Christian? Um, well, our next guest has been exploring some of these challenges facing Christian communities in sometimes what feels like an increasingly unchristian country in many ways. In the studio to talk to us about this topic, we have David Thunder, who's a researcher and lecturer at the University of Navarra's Institute for Ethics and Culture, and he's also author of Citizenship and the Pursuit of a Worthy Life. David, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So I know you're obviously living in Spain, but you're back visiting Ireland for a few weeks, visiting family, having a bit of a break. That's right. Yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Well, I do research in political philosophy and I lecture in business ethics at the University of Navarra in a research centre called the Institute for Ethics and uh, Culture. Um, so I've been there for about six years now. And um, mainly I'm interested in the topic of um, communities, how you build communities, how you to sustain communities um, and how people can be free in their communities, how they can manage their own affairs um, and so on. One of the things that I think Ireland is suffering from at the moment is actually in many ways a crisis of community and there's lots of different reasons for that. Um, the nature of how housing estates and apartments are being built, a lot of people don't know their neighbours. Uh, but I think one of the reasons for this is that there is a disconnect between communities and what we would have known as is the local parish, you know, because that was your kind of touch point, that's where you'd meet people, that's where you'd chat. And because there's a kind of disconnect from that, do you think it's had a, knock- a knock-on effect on communities in general? Absolutely. I believe that um, the decline of religion and religious practice um, inevitably uh, tends to have a negative effect on community because of the reasons you just cited, uh, namely that um, parish life can be be a centre, a natural kind of centre for community, for people to meet their neighbours. And when you take away uh, parish life or when people stop going to Mass, for example, um, they may not find those natural points of encounter that they used to have. Um, and they may turn to a more individualistic way of thinking where basically it's my career, um, it's kind of my family, but maybe I'm not connected to other families um, and I design my own life, I look after my own problems, but I don't connect uh, my problems with the problems of a larger group. And yet probably in our hearts, we actually desire, we really want to do that. And interestingly here in Ireland, I think a really good example of that desire was when we had big snow as it was called and people were snowed in and all of a sudden in my estate and there were so many anecdotal stories of people knocking on doors helping neighbours anyone with the Land Rover driving nurses into hospitals this sense of community was kind of reawoken in, in us but we needed a kind of uh, red weather warning and an emergency uh, weather situation in this country to actually bring that out in people which is kind of sad in some ways yeah I agree I mean I actually think that Irish people have an innate sense of community spirit In other words, there's one of the strengths of our nation and of our people is that we naturally uh, go to the aid of people uh, who who, who need our help. Um, It's something that is very interesting thing. You know, if 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 there's a if there's a car stuck on the beach, uh, at least when I was growing up, uh, there'd be five lads over at the car pulling it out in no time. They come out of nowhere. That that's sort of the way we operate as Irish people. 
Um, and the problem is, the question is, uh, do our institutions, do our communities, the structure of our community life, does it support that? Does it bring out the best in us? Sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does. One of the things I know that you are interested in talking about is just really how Ireland is, is changing. Uh, I had an article in the newspaper at the weekend and it was about this idea of church bashing and, I, and lots of people got in touch with me and indeed over the years I've gotten in touch on Spirit Radio where they say they often feel like they're just constantly being bashed and demoralised simply just for having a Christian faith. What do you think the state of Ireland is at the moment with regards um kind of respecting the freedom of religion? Well, I would say that my, my perception from afar, uh, from following media and from talking to friends, is that um, is that Catholics feel under siege. Christians in general feel under siege in Ireland. Um, and I think you could, simp- you could say that it's not uh, fashionable, to say the least, to p- support Christian positions and support Christian values. And it takes a lot more courage to do so now than it did before. It's kind of seen as a populist thing to do, isn't it? To get on the bandwagon. I mean, when you look at, for example, the coverage of the World Media Family, so much of it is negative when there's so many positive things to say. And it's almost kind of, you know, that kind of adulation and backslapping as a politician. If you if you say something, uh, you know, that's nothing to do with the job you're meant to be doing, but that's everything to do with kind of bashing the Christian faith. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. But, um, but I also think that it's a it's it's a good test for the church in Ireland and for Christians in Ireland, um, because we we come from a situation where we used to be uh, the, the established church uh, that was recognized and had a lot of prestige. Um, but and also a lot, of, a lot would mm. argue, Dave, a lot of uh, too much power and too much influence. But now you could also say the pendulum has swung very far in well, the other direction. Well, I, I would agree with that. The pendulum has swung the other side. But I actually think um, this can be a healthy, in some ways, a healthy situation for Christians and Catholics because because they can um, sort of uh, they, they're no longer they can no longer count on being popular because they're Christian. Certainly not. Um, and now we're at the opposite situa- situation where you're attacked if you're Christian. And um, let's face it, what does it mean to be Christian? It means to give witness. It means to, to uh, be, uh, be like Christ. Christ suffered. So I think that uh, he Christians... He warned us we wouldn't be popular. Yeah, I mean, I think that Christians can expect to suffer uh, for their faith, um, but to suffer it with joy. And, um, and perhaps this is a, a new era in which we have more opportunities to give witness and more opportunities to be true to our faith. One of the things um, that I suppose has been commented on a lot in in a changing Ireland is when you look at, for example, uh, the recent abortion referendum where 70% of people in Ireland voted for this. The first time where people voted uh, rather than it happening in a parliament. Mm. Um, So do you think it was kind of a watershed moment in where Irish culture is at? Yeah, for me, the uh, the repeal of the Eighth Amendment um, is really a game chamber cha- changer for uh, for Christians and for Irish culture in general. Um, um, and specific now that we're on the topic of community and Christian community, I would say that um, it is a bracing kind of reminder, or if you like, sign for Christians that um, we're entering an era in which many of our values are. Um, will will not be uh, widely supported in mainstream media or in political circles um, or indeed in our laws. Um, and um, we have to go back to basics. Um, we have to realize that to be a Christian is not to be supported by law. To be a Christian is simply to live 
the way of Christ. Uh, the first but Christians were. What do you were, do then, David, yeah. when you feel a bit? Because I mean, um, no, it's not the state's job to kind of support. Um, individuals faith or creed but at the same time let's if we're talking about the abortion referendum there was still one in three people that had virtually no political representation mm. virtually no representation in the media for an alternative uh, viewpoint so for people who feel kind of helpless in that situation where they feel you know n- none of my values are being represented um by the people that are elected by the media and they feel a bit helpless but they want this idea of community that you're talking about what do you do well i would say everyone has to look at their own circumstances those who have the talent and the ability and feel called to uh, participate in public life or in the media should be developing alternative media they should be seeking other forms of representation that are more effective for people who feel alienated right now Um, but many people are not called to that or don't have the, the abilities or resources to do that and to those people i would say Basically, it might sound a little bit, uh, well, I, I would say they should get on with their life and try to realize that their life has value. Their everyday life has value. Their family life, their dealings with their neighbors have a, a, an immense value, even if it is not always recognized or represented in political circles or in media circles. Um, Christ is present in their communities wherever two or three are present in his name. So. Uh, gather in his name. So in that sense, um, we have to get on with the business of being Christian. And being a witness, really. Do you think we underestimate that value? You know, we can kind of be all doom and gloom and kind of let different stories get on top of your negativity. When, you know, I um, meet people all the time who I would, uh, who I pray one day, I'll be like, you know, these people that they just radiate joy. They don't need to even open their mouth for you to know there's something different about them. And often behind that is their faith and their relationship with God. Do we underestimate the power of just living our lives as Christians, doing our best uh, through the ups and downs of it all and just witnessing? I think we do we do that, and we reason we underestimate is partly because of the way these debates play out in the media, in which certain hot topic issues that are very important, I don't want to take away from the importance, are become center stage in the national debate, and sometimes people who don't who are not included in that debate or feel left out of that debate, um, focus on those issues so heavily that they can forget the value of everyday life, the value of their everyday witness which um, simply doesn't depend on the drama that's playing out in the media. That's not what everyday life is about. Um, everyday life, as you said yourself, is about giving witness to Christ, living those values um, with other people and, um, and living a joyful, in a joyful spirit. In terms of just because we've been talking about values a lot and I think a lot and it's interesting because obviously you lecture on ethics in business. Um, if I ask people, do they think the Irish government and some of their policies is ethical? I would imagine a lot of people would say no. Um, are we is there such an aversion now in political life to anything that might even have a whiff of Christianity that we're actually throwing the baby out with the bathwater and forgetting what's important is the common good? Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think that the, the, the problem really is, in my opinion, is that our politicians are pragmatists. They want to be reelected. They want to advance in their career. Um, but unfortunately, many of them, and I don't want to say all of them, I don't want to generalize too much, but I think many of them are not uh, sincerely committed to advancing the common good. I think they're more committed to advancing their own personal careers. And that type of public service... Uh, that commitment to the common good is rare to find in politicians, not just in this country, but in other countries. Um, And I think that we need to have a conversation, a national conversation, 
about the value of public service and what it means to be uh, a loyal and faithful representative um, of the people. That's a conversation that I don't think we have enough of, to be honest. Yes, so many politicians say you should keep faith, and I would change that word then, in other words, mean conscience, out of politics. I've heard politicians even say that um, that people should uh, kowtow or should submit to party uh, discipline and leave their conscience outside, or in so many words. Um, but once you eject conscience from politics, you open the door to extreme and inhumane forms of politics. This is what happened. I know it's an extreme example, but it's what happened in Nazi Germany, where politicians followed their parties, they left their conscience at the door. If we want a humane and, um, and just um, form of politics, then people need to take responsibility for their own choice. That's all conscience is. It's taking full responsibility for your own choices. David, before we finish up, I just want to get just a brief understanding of uh, the, author, the book that you've written, Citizenship and the Pursuit of a Worthy Life. How do I do that? Yeah, so, so in this book, basically, the, the basic idea behind the book is that um, many people today feel um, sort of citizenship doesn't really seem to resonate with them or mean a lot to them. It feels like something very distant, very abstract, something that maybe politicians can do, but I'm sitting at home, what, what do I do? And in the book, I try to bring out the fact that even ordinary people who don't have important positions in, in public life um, can contribute to the common good of their community just by being responsible with their neighbors and the way they do business in the way they interact with other people by community initiatives through philanthropy and so forth um, and that citizenship is a much bigger concept than just holding public office. The power of one as as so many have argued over the years. David thanks so much for joining us on the program today. If you've just joined me I've been chatting to David Thunder researcher and lecturer at the University of Navarra's Institute for Ethics and Culture uh, visiting home at the moment and delighted that he popped into Spirit Radio this morning. You can check out his website by the way which is davidthunder.com Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie